0: Hello and welcome to the Asimov Cast. Short bursts of joy, thoughtfulness, and inspiration from the works of Isaac Asimov. I'm Lozzie. Follow the show on Blue Sky and Instagram at Asimovcast or email to Asimovcast at gmail.com. Welcome back to season two, which will review the stories that are loosely covered in the first two seasons of the Apple TV adaptation of Foundation. The first book, Foundation, was published in 1951. This week, The Psycho-Historians. Gal Dornick is on his way to Trantor for the first time. Trantor is the seat of the Galactic Empire, with power over all 25 million inhabited worlds. As a young farm boy from Synax with a doctorate in mathematics, this is the climax of Garl's life to date. After a number of jumps through space, he's finally on approach to Trantor in and among the dense stars of the Galactic Centre. Somewhat bemused by the scale and bustle of the city planet, Garl is rushed through debarkation, his visa is stamped, and he's hustled into a taxi, taking him to a good hotel. They're all good. Throughout this whole process, he doesn't get so much as a glimpse of the sky. With no sense of night or day in this metal world, Gal goes on search of an observation deck to get up into the open air. Being in a gravitic elevator for the first time, he goes flying as he accelerates upwards, but eventually he's on an open terrace, looking out to a horizon of metal against sky with no sign of greenery. Nine-tenths of Trantor is underground, such as ground, means anything. A man named Gerald explains Trentor to Garl and elicits from him that he's come to Trentor to study psychohistory with a man named Harry Selden or Raven Selden, as Gerald calls him. This is slang as Harry keeps predicting disaster. Gerald also hints about secret papers that have been hidden, but Garl is irritated and departs back to his room, where he finds Harry waiting for him. Harry explains that Gerald was an agent of the imperial court and that he had to meet with Garl sooner than intended. Harry starts by explaining psychohistory and how he applies it to everything, including Trantor and the state of the empire. As he starts to understand what Seldon's maths are saying, he realises the end result, a 90% plus likelihood of total destruction of Trantor within 500 years. Harry explains that because of these predictions, everything about his project is being investigated, including Garl. Harry is himself in danger, but there is a 1.7% likelihood that he'll be executed. But of course, that would not stop the project. The next morning, Garl is not allowed to leave his room by the Commission for Public Safety, and is then taken for detention and questioning. They repeat over and over how he came to Trentor, what he knows of Harry Selden, and finally press him on the destruction of Trantor. Gal confirms his understanding of Selden's theories, and so they depart, but leave him detained. Laws Avakim has been appointed as Gal's attorney by Harry. He enters the room and sets up a nullifying field to block the commission from listening in. Gal rants about his rights and demands an appeal to the Emperor, but Gal is naive. These appeals are legally permitted, but in practice, they never occur. In fact, Gal has been set up by Harry. Concerned the commission was moving too slowly, he met Gal to provoke the arrest. Gal is understandably miffed by this, not least the chance of his imprisonment and death, although the latter is highly unlikely. Gal demands that Harry explain this to him, but of course, Harry has also been arrested. A commission guard enters and destroys Law's device that is blocking their eavesdropping. Harry is put on trial... Needling into some of the details behind his project, while there are 50 mathematicians, Gal would be the 51st, there are in fact nearly 100,000 individuals in all. Harry is pressed again on his prediction that Trantor will be in ruins in the next 500 years, based on the mathematics of psychohistory. His interrogator pushes that he is predicting disaster to destroy public confidence for his own purposes, and that he has an army of 100,000 to try and bring it about. He asks if Selden is in someone's pay and pushes into the future if into the future can be changed. Not just small changes, but changes the course of a human history. Seldon confirms that it can, but very slowly, and a 100,000 people are nowhere near enough to prevent the ruin of Trantor, a planet with a population of 40 billion, and that is a symptom of a trend of decline across the empire, with its population of nearly a quintillion humans. The Advocate pushes them. If they can't do anything and aren't intended for any illegal purposes, what are they there to do? Harry responds the decline and fall of the Galactic Empire is inevitable. Harry spells out with increasing authority how this decline and rot will occur, and that the tragedy is not in its demise, but in the chaos, war, death and failure that will follow. Where the Empire stood for 12,000 years, the subsequent Dark Ages would last for 30,000 before a second can rise. The purpose of his project is not to prevent the fall, but to shorten the anarchy to only 1,000 years. A small deflection may possibly prevent 29,000 years of suffering. The project is to create an Encyclopaedia Galactica, saving the sum knowledge of the human race and distributing it to allow subsequent generations to build from that, and not to start from scratch. The hearing is adjourned, and reconvened with no audience, just the senior judges. The Chief Commissioner Linka Chen, who is for all and purposes the real power behind the Imperial throne, muses that Seldon is disturbing the police, the, the peace, and why should he allow him to continue to do so when no one will live to see the 500year time horizon? Seldon notes that the publicisation of his trial and the seeming curtailment of it, if Seldon is executed, will run riotous news, and Chen would not see out the year. Chen proposes an alternative, Selden does not need to be on Trantor to build his encyclopaedia, in fact he could be anywhere. A world has been picked out for them, terminus on the galactic edge. Harry can accept this for his 100,000 as the alternative is death. Time will be given for them to prepare but the populace will be told they are working to prevent the fall. Harry accepts the exile. Harry and Garl talk in the taxi back from the hearing to the university. Garl wonders if Harry lied about anything, but he did not. As they get to the campus, there are soldiers with orders from the commission. The project is now under martial law, and they have six months to prepare to go to terminus. Garl is appalled. This cannot be enough time. Harry, however, is less concerned. He had not allowed the trial until he was ready. In fact, they predicted the location of exile and have been preparing for two and a half years. In fact, there will be two locations, one in Terminus and the other at Star's End. Harry has accomplished what he set out to do and knows that he will die within a year. Most will go, some may be secreted and stay. Gal may be Harry's successor, but Harry is finished things that make me think about this Uh, so I like Trantor as a as a city planet it's sort of familiar for those who've uh, seen Coruscant in the Star Wars films or um, also the fifth element to a reasonable extent as well Um, yeah I found joy in the world building the scope and scale the sense of time um, and the fact that we're not dealing with this concept and this concern around days or months but in fact over thousands of years and, and uh, eons even i think that that scope really punches itself in and uh, i do like the way the foundation stories are constructed as all the foundation books i should say are constructed as a series of short stories um that link to each other um i also enjoyed um there's an encyclopedia galactica uh, mostly because it reminds me of uh, uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy um uh which obviously uh postdates this by quite a bit um obviously um compared to the show uh we have quite a few differences for a start uh the emperor basically does not exist in the books or if he does he's very much in the background um at this stage he's certainly no lee pace um there's no um you know very, very much more limited story about what Harry's doing, what he's up to, what uh, Garl's doing, and what uh, what uh, they're up to. Obviously, Garl um, is, uh, is a woman in the show and a man in the books, but really that doesn't come into it. And again, as we saw in uh, the LA show stories, um, Asimov's sort of shortcomings when it comes to Uh, gender in his stories uh, it's welcome to to start seeing some diversity of that in uh, in the casting of the show Um, but again you know first story down uh, draws you in really quite well sets up this concept of psycho history um, and starts to put out a couple of little seeds uh, as we will see rolling out over the rest of the stories And thank you for joining me. You can find me at Mandius on Blue Sky. You can find the podcast on Blue Sky and Instagram at AsimovCast. The theme music is courtesy of Alexei Chistilin from Pixabay. Our awesome new logo is courtesy of sports. Please email your thoughts what inspires you and where you find joy in Asimov to asimovcast at gmail.com. I also do a horny chaotic podcast about the horny chaotic HBO show True Blood. Check out Fangwanger's podcast. Next week, the Encyclopediists Go now. Do not harm humanity or by inaction, allow humanity to come to harm.